Welcome to another episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast, where we focus on building better businesses. I believe in order to be the best leader that you can be, you must be willing to be the first follower and have a servant mentality when you're in a leadership position. If you want to be the best leader that you possibly can be, be sure to stay tuned and listen to industry leaders and hear how they built winning cultures in their own businesses. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Henry Kaminsky, the brand doctor, and we're going to talk about how to align your brand with your true authentic self. Before we begin, I remind you this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you're a content creator, podcaster, YouTuber, anybody that wants to refine your marketing material, head over to Nightly Productions and find out how we can tactically help you create that content that delivers. Henry, welcome to the show, my friend. Zach, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Super excited. Man, I'm, I'm super excited myself. I think it's going to be a great conversation. Um, you know, obviously that little bit of marketing background on myself. I'm not a marketing guy, though. I'm just the guy that does all the talking, but you're actually called the brand doctor. And I want to give the audience an opportunity to know a little bit more about you before we dive into the conversation, where you host a popular brand doctors podcast. You're also the founder of Unique Designs, a full-service design branding digital marketing agency that is dedicated to helping personality brands, coaches, consultants, influencers, speakers, authors, all helping them grow their brands, scale profits, increase their exposure online. But beyond that, man, you're, you have this awesome picture where you're holding this award that uh, membership to the Two Comma Club for earning a ton of money with ClickFunnels. Beyond that, you've worked with so many amazing people, celebrities like John Bon Jovi, which some of our younger folks might not know, but that's an impressive name, Fabio Viviani, an internet marketing expert, Russell Brunson, who obviously ClickFunnels, we know that name pretty well, with Million Dollar Brander, and had been inducted into ClickFunnels to Comma Club, which is that award right there. So I know that is a ton to unpack, and I'm really excited to hear more about that. But before we dive into it, Give the audience a little bit of something that we might not know about you. I have a very distinct laugh that you can find in a crowd of thousands. So that's that's one that's one little fun fact. Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm really excited to uh, get some of those laughs out so we can uh, really distinguish you away from some of our other guests. And overall, man, I, I really want to unpack this because I, I have my own personal bias, if you will, about what brand is, quote unquote, you know, and I think this is really going to be fascinating because this is just in my years of being an entrepreneur and a business owner, we all kind of develop a concept of brand because it's kind of a, became a hot word, hot topic in the last few months or excuse me, few years. So I really kind of want to hit it on the head, like right off the rip, how would you define brand? Yeah. So there's a branding great called my, Marty Newheimer and uh, he wrote a bunch of books uh, called The Brand Gap, uh, Zag. And uh, his definition of branding is really something that uh, really resonated with me right from the beginning. And it's he, he defines branding as the gut feeling people get when they interact with you, your business, and, and your products, right? Your services. So I've heard other definitions like brand is, is your brand's personality. Is your is is your business's personality? That's a good one too. But I like I like the the gut feeling people get when they interact with you, your business product or service. So uh, that's how I would sum up uh, branding in, in a nutshell. Which I, I love that definition of it because so many people, 
and until I started the production company, I never really realized because even I was this ignorant when I started in business. So when people think it's like what color you're using, the hex codes you're using, you know, what your your logo or just your logo is your brand, right? And as I've gotten more into it, the way I've kind of come to define it is your brand is the virtual representation of your personal reputation. So if you're an individual like that is a total a-hole in the real world, but your brand looks something different. By the time somebody talks to you, they're going to recognize that brand is just that IG world, right? Like, I feel like there has to be that correlation of you, who you are, like you talked about, the gut feeling people get when they interact with you. Yeah, I sum it up as, you know, I, I go back to my old dating days. The dating days, I've been married for 10 years now with my wife for 14. And uh, I remember prior to meeting her, I, I used to go out on these dates and, 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 some of the women were pretty attractive, but when you sat down at dinner with them, you know, the personality, I, I had a better conversation with a mosquito and, 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 and it's the same thing in business, right? Because it's, you can have the prettiest looking brand out there, but if somebody goes to interact with you and, you know, they get turned off or there's no substance and there's no real value being delivered, well, then that's, they're going to go away. And, and, and believe me when I tell you guys, and you probably know this already, but negative energy travels a lot faster than positive. So we always want to make sure that when we're building our brand, that we create that experience. And that's one of the things that we could talk about today is, is really focusing in on and delivering an A-rate experience for your customers, for your clients, how, whatever you want to call them, because that's what they're going to remember. You know, that's what they're going to, I'll give you a quick example. I just recently hired Mosquito Squad. It's a company up here in Northern New Jersey that comes and sprays your, your property for ticks and mosquitoes. I was blown away by the process that they, that they took me through from me Googling on Google, uh, 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 mosquito and tick, uh, uh, landscaping, right? To finding them, to getting on the call with them the next day, to having the guy come a week later, to getting those emails, like the guy's on his way, you know, here's Eric. And is, there's a text message of his face and, you know, and, and then everything that resulted after they came, I mean, it was AA plus branding in my opinion. And uh, I left a glaring review on their Google and they actually wrote back. And they said, wow, you know, coming from you, we really, really appreciate it. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like, I really felt like I was walking through the Ritz-Carlton with a mosquito spraying company. Like, that's brand. That's power. And that's how you're going to really stand out from everybody else that does what you do. And I, I really love that because the way you really can encapsulate that, especially with some of these larger, the ones that have done it right, you're talking like Starbucks. They created an environment that is their brand. It's not their, excuse me, shit coffee. It's not the best <laughs> coffee in the world, right? But the experience in the environment, be able to take your laptop, do some work, have a meeting, whatever it is, that's part of their brand now. It's a destination. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a destination. It's not a call. It's, it's not just coffee. And that, that's huge. That's huge. So as you're leading clients and you're leading conversations, especially on the podcast, you know, there's a leading a leadership piece to this where you have some people that might have this ideology about their business, 
that you might not think translates well into the virtual world or that representation of their brand might have you ever come across that where the client's like oh man i want this and you're like oh no you don't and you in your experience has been awful well here's what we need to realize when we're developing our brands and this is a tough pill to swallow that's why i go on these podcasts and, and preach from preach from the mountaintops because it's it's so important when it comes to building your brand it's going to sound so crazy but it's really not about you. It's really not about you. It's about your audience. It's about how you can help them. It's so easy to talk about yourself. And I fall into this trap myself. But at the end of the day, your audience is looking at you saying, okay, that's all nice. Now, how can you help me? So when I run my, my clients through the Brand Accelerator program, I tell them, listen, when we get into the design phase of things, I don't care that your wife likes the color blue. I don't care that your daughter likes the color purple. I don't care that, that, your, that your aunt likes that font selection for the logo unless they are your client. If your audience, if your ideal client doesn't resonate with the messaging, the logo, the color, the experience, you're not going to be in business. You're not. So it's, it's, it's very, very important that we focus in on developing our brands for them. It's very, very important. I love when people reach, reach out to me on Instagram, like, hey, can you look at my logo? I'm not really comfortable with it. And when I ask them, well, who's your client? And they're like, it takes them a while to write back. Sometimes I, that's it. That's the end of the conversation because they don't know who their client is. So, wow, my opinion doesn't matter. Why don't you put your logos out to your ideal clients or go to your top five clients or top 10 clients and say, hey, we're, we're in the process of a rebrand. This is what we're coming up with. What do you think? That's the feedback you want. You know what I mean? But I understand people are like, well, you know, you're in the branding space. I, 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 I appreciate and value your, your feedback. Well, that's my feedback I would give you is don't take, don't take my, my advice, take your potential clients or past clients advice. I really like that because you can even look at, and, and I, I use these examples because you're talking, you know, maybe people not heard it broken down like this, but you look at the women's Nike side of the world where Nike used to be a shoe company and then they released this commercial I think when they announced the just do it slogan and it was a woman running and it was just a woman and it came into that whole anything I can do or anything you can do I can do better slogan and a lot of that were it wasn't about their running shoes but it was about their running shoes right but it was literally the experience and like the feeling getting that feeling out from that marketing message, which in my opinion, the brand kind of is the foundational piece to be able to have that message toward your ideal client, right? Yeah. I mean, you got, if you haven't read Shoe Dog yet, I highly recommend that book, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. I read it a couple of times. It's, it's, it's really well done. And I actually listened to Audible. So the way it was audibled <laughs> was done really, really well. Yeah. Nike doesn't sell shoes anymore, man. They, they, they sell a lifestyle. They sell a culture. And you, people buy into culture. They buy in the movements. And, and, that, and people buy in 
packs and tribes. And that's something that you have to remember. And, and Nike knows this. So if you, if you subscribe to their culture, to their lifestyle, then you are part of the Nike family. And I think that's what's going on right now when you see these personality brands really blowing up, like Marcus Limonis um, is, is a perfect example of how he created a great, great community of entrepreneurship through just his Instagram account. You know what I mean? So he's he's building that moment, uh, that movement, and and that's powerful stuff. And and that's how I'm teaching my clients to do because we all have, and and this is something that I really, uh, my life's work is really revolving around this. You know, I grew up a very insecure kid. I grew up with not a lot of confidence. Self esteem was not that high because um, I went through a lot of crap growing up, right? Just like we all have, you know, and it affects us in different ways. But I lacked that confidence, that self-esteem until I actually got into my older years, you know, my late 20s, mid 30s almost, you know, and, and I and even turning 40 last year really was an eye opener for me because I said, wow, when are you going to start believing that you are the king of your world? And I, I'm a huge hip hop guy. If you check out my Instagram and stuff, you'll see that I reference a lot of hip hop analogy and lyrics from a lot of the greats that that are, are still producing music like Nas and, and those types of guys. And Nas had dropped a new album a couple of weeks ago. And one of the lines in the song was, um, everyone's a king until you make excuses or unless you make excuses. Everyone's a king unless you make excuses. And the same thing goes for all the women listeners. You are a queen until you start to make excuses. You know, and, and that's something that, I see a lot of my clients struggle with is they don't think they're worth what they're actually worth. And that's something that I struggled with for years growing, uh, building my business up over the past 14 years. I was doing logos, Zach, 10 years ago for $50. You can't even get a logo in Fiverr for $50 anymore. <laughs> right, right. And talk about Fiverr, when crap really hit the fan, and Fiverr came out, my business was in some turmoil and I was going through a lot of growing pains, but at the same time, I was going through a lot of um, self-sabotage because I was getting out of a, an industry that I no longer wanted to serve. So I was, I was self-sabotaging a lot of business and I was running my business down to the ground because I didn't, I wasn't passionate about it anymore. I was questioning my skill set. Fiverr's coming out and ripping the industry apart. Like, what do you do? So I, I said, I said to myself, I said, listen, I gotta, I gotta keep the lights on. Now this is prior to having a son and we were just newly married. So I could take bigger risks. I said, you know what? Maybe I should just become a Fiverr designer. And I was a Fiverr designer for three months doing logos and, 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 and doing business card designs for five bucks a pop. It's like the race to the bottom right there, right? Like, yeah, nobody wins that race. I mean, it's the Walmart virtue or whatever. You know, just... Nobody. And I'll, and I'll never forget the straw that broke the camel's back. This, this woman hired me through Fiverr, $5 business card design front and back. And she, she ripped me a new one for six hours until she approved that design. So do the math on that, right? So, and that was it. I hung up my Fiverr hat and I said, I'm tripling my prices. I'm going to figure out how to, how to serve my clients at a higher level with greater value. And I'm going in and I'm never looking back. 
And that's where I was introduced to funnels and digital marketing. And so, okay, how could I take my skill set and design that I was building over the years? I was self-taught. I didn't go to any fancy uh, design school or anything like that. I always had an eye for premium. I always love the minimalistic style of Gucci and Prada and, and, you know, those higher end brands. And I always want to design like that. So I was getting, I was getting big jobs from like higher end salons uh, here in New Jersey and, and higher end restaurants. And I started to make that turn. And then when I was introduced to funnel, I was like, Holy crap, I can take this premium design and create funnels with that same skill set, and that's where things started. Uh, you know, the top came off the box, and uh, that's when I got introduced to Russell. Russell became a client. I became a client of his, and you know, we worked together for two and a half years. And and we, I branded pretty much uh, me and my team branded ClickFunnels to what you see today. And uh, shortly after we delivered all the ve- uh, all the deliverables, they hit our hundred million dollars in revenue. So. You know, to be part of that journey for them is is huge, and to see what we created and sort of pass the baton to, and saw, see what they do with it now is just extremely rewarding for me. So, you know, that's where I knew I had to make a big change in my business and and start leveling up because when you level up, your clients level up, and that's a that's a big point I want to make today. And that's a heck of a journey, and I want to go back to. Um, something you said towards the beginning of that, where you're talking about worth and self-sabotage and, you know, that's not exactly a branding marketing conversation, but it's interesting in in my own leadership journey where this show started as um, tactical leadership. And we're talking about leaders, you know, more of the leader, not the tactics. And now it's uh, my branding has turned into branding myself as the tactical leader with the back inside being, um, be a tactical leader. That's the how to the coaching services, all that stuff, right. Where I've rebranded myself on that. But what I had to recognize, um, I struggled with worth self-sabotage for a long time, especially due to my military background. Some things that happened in the military on a deployment that literally you you beat yourself up over these different instances, right. And worth and self-sabotage are one of those things that in this world of branding, in order to put yourself out there, you have to love yourself enough to say, I deserve this. I'm worthy of this and stop holding back. My big thing was I was always, a, I would say it, I'm a great number two. I'll be your COO and I will build your stuff for you. But I never wanted to be in the limelight because I always was afraid or I didn't have that worth um, that thinking I could be the leader that was actually. So this the tactical leader piece was a huge step for me. How do you help your clients overcome that conversation? Is there is there a prescribed method? I mean, and, and that's a tough question, right? But it's, a, it's, it's an extremely tough question. I think the best way that I could describe this is by sharing a couple stories. So I'll share one of my own and then I'll share one of a client. So when I was growing up, my, my mother, God rest her soul, would always tell the story to her girlfriends that I was her miracle baby. And it took my parents 16 years to have me. And I never understood what that meant as a six-year-old kid, you know, getting dragged around by by your mother and hearing that story. I thought women were pregnant for 16 years. (laughs) That's one. Bless her heart. 16 years. Yeah, God bless women. If that was if that was the truth, right? That that was one. And I never understood what miracle baby was. But what I realized was 
when my parents got married, they could not have children. There was issues with my mother, issues with my father. And medicine wasn't the way it was back then. So, you know, they didn't know what the hell was going on. So as medicine progressed, they realized, oh, there's an issue here. There's an issue there. And so I don't know about you, Zach, but I don't know if I would try anything for 16 years straight and continue to fail and get up and try again. And when medicine got better, fast forward, uh, my mom went in for a, a really minor surgery and nine months later, here I was. And I'll never forget that. And that's what I call, that's what I understood as a miracle because I'm not supposed to be here, right? And then when I was two years old, I almost died in the crib because I was, I was not to get too graphic here, but I was urinating all of the nutrients out of my body because my mother, she was just trying to figure it all out. Like we are as new parents, right? And I, I guess the story that I was told was she was just giving me way too much water at too young of an age. So I just kept peeing all my nutrients out and it, it literally almost caused me to go into shock and, and, and pass. So when they got me to the hospital, they realized the issue and boom, they got me back, you know, back and, and stabilized. But when you hear this growing up, you're like, whoa, you're here on borrowed time, Henry. You're here for a reason, right? And so I share that with you because when I dissect that story, I realized, whoa, one thing in life is finite and that's time. We're all not getting out of here alive. And I know this is tough to swallow for some. You know, we had an interesting experience literally yesterday, Zach, which reminded us, our family, you know, uh, I'm a huge dog lover. I grew up with dogs my whole life, right? But never had to put one down myself because my father would always take care of that, right? He didn't want me as a young kid to see that experience, right? So we had a pit bull that we rescued eight years ago and his, his health was just deteriorating. Uh, so he injured himself on Friday night. I bring him to the hospital Monday because I wanted to see if he was gonna bounce back. Find out he's got bone cancer in the arm. They want to, in his front leg, they wanna take his leg. And then they said, if we take his leg, he's got six to 12 months to live. I said, that's, that's not a, you know, that's, that, that's not the, a great solution. So my wife and I looked at each other. Now we have a four-year-old son who loves this dog. And this dog has a lot of meaning to us, man. We didn't want kids when we first got married. We were like, we were living high on the hog and we were like, we're going to, we're going to milk this puppy. And then we were like, oh, let's get a dog that, you know, and that dog taught us that we actually had what it took to be great parents because we were such a great parent to him, right? And people saw that. And, and he was the catalyst that actually brought our son into our life. And so to go through that experience yesterday, I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm not 100% today, I'll be honest with you, but it was heavy, bro. You know, and, and before I forget, I wanna thank you for your service. And I'm sure you've experienced things in, in your deployments that we will never imagine and never experience in our lives, which will, will stay with you forever. But these experiences have made me realize like we're on this earth for a reason, right? And, and there's one 
in like we're one in seven billion, right? And I heard this on a video once, and the quote was, you know, you're one in seven billion, but you're one in seven billion. So it's how you tell that story, right? So that's the story that makes me get up every morning and say, I'm here for a reason. God put me on this earth and put me, and I'm not super religious, but I'm here for a reason. I went through all of that lack of confidence and lack of this and that growing up for a reason, because now that I'm 40, I can teach people how that story is so over and that you got to work on today because tomorrow, yesterday don't care, don't matter anymore. Today is what matters, right? And even tomorrow, because I could get hit by a bus today, right? God forbid. But today is what matters. Let's knock on wood on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that. So fast forward, another story. Had a client up in Canada. She was working 20 years in the game. She was a coach. And she was getting paid $250 an hour, right? She didn't really have a structure for her business. And so... She got really good at what she did. And what happened? She got booked out to the point where, imagine your Google calendar opened up and there's no more white on it. It's all blue. You might say, that's amazing. She was miserable because there was barely profit and she had no time. She was literally a prisoner in her own business. And she said, Henry, I need help. I said, why don't you just raise your prices? She says, have you seen my brand identity online lately? I'm not confident in it. I can't. Nobody's going to pay the extra fees. So I said, all right, let's get to work. So we took her through the process, got her messaging straightened out, got her, got her systems in place. You think branding's just look and design. It's not. It's internal. It's, a, it's an inside game, guys. So what we realized was, People are ready, willing, and able to pay you a premium. You're just not charging it. So why don't we restructure one of your programs? And instead of $250 an hour, it's $2,500 an hour. And if they want to get you a loan, it's $5K an hour. You got 20 years in the game, right? What's that old saying? Uh, the, the bill was five grand. The nut was $1.99. Uh, knowing what screwed turn was $9,099, right? It's this- They're not paying you for the deliverable. They're paying you for the journey that got you. Yeah. Got you that deliverable. Yeah, I, look at, Zach, I could go up and, and fix the shingle on my roof or, or, or power wash, the, you know, my chimney, but I'm not doing it. My time is like, that's not a good use of my time. So fast forward- we told this client, let's create a system. Let's create a funnel that's going to attract the higher quality client. We got to, you're right. We do have to get your identity leveled up because in my opinion, if you try to sell a top tier program, it's, it's going to be tough looking the way you look right now. Because understand when you hit a website or when you hit an online identity that looks cheap and inexpensive, they may not say it, but subconsciously, they're saying, mm, is the product and service going to look like this or feel like this? So we leveled up the whole identity. We got a, a new line of product. And now she works with half 
the amount of clients and she's three times profitable. So she got her life back. She got her freedom back. She got the, 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 the energy and motivation for the love of what she was doing back. That's how you build confidence. That's how you get over that self-worth, that self-sabotage. It's, it, it takes one person, it takes one experience for you to say, I'm getting what I'm tolerating here. I'm getting what I'm tolerating. So I live by this saying, the quality of your brand is going to determine the quality of your clients and the quality of your clients are going to determine the quality of your life. And I, I just came up with that one day. I was sitting with a client and we were going over his whole restaurant rebrand. And that just like flew out of my mouth. I didn't even know where it came from. It just flew out of my mouth. And I've been saying to Zach for the past six, this is probably six years ago, seven years ago. And I've, I've downloaded that, that quote in my brain. And I say it on every podcast I go on because more people need to hear it. People don't realize it starts with brand. It's funny. That's one of those things that when you're coaching a client through something, you kind of sit back like, damn, that was good. I'm going to remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. I like quickly got in my truck and I like wrote it down. (laughs) That Henry, you cannot forget. So, you know, it it was a long-winded answer to your question, but I would advise you to pay attention to the blessings in your life that show up. I'll give you a quick example, you know, pay attention and and not to get all woo woo here, but pay attention to the signs that the universe gives you. I was outside of the animal hospital yesterday, sitting with my wife, waiting to get the call back from the doctor just to get some preliminary uh, triage going to see what the hell was wrong with my dog, right? As we're waiting in the parking lot, this UPS truck cuts off this car and the car T-bones the UPS truck, like literally like 100, 100 feet from us. And I'm like, what the hell was, what the hell's going on this morning, right? That was wake up call number one. After that, we get the call from the doctor and the doctor's like, you know, we got some more stuff to do. Why don't you go home? So we'll call you later. So I'm driving home and I'm on this busy highway. I pull up to a red light and this police car pulls out in front of me and they're escorting a funeral procession. And I didn't think anything of it then, but I think the universe was prepping me for what was about to happen today, right? I get home, I get the call and I start putting all this together and I go, these are signs, you know? So the universe, and I'm sure I'm getting goosebumps, but I'm, I'm sure the universe has given you signs. People are coming into your life. People are exiting your life. And those are, those are all signs. You know, when Russell Brunson came into my life and said, Henry, you want to get to seven figures? You can't be everything inside of your business, dude. That's number one. Number two, I'm looking at this website and it's not the way today. I had just spent 26 grand on a new website, right? He looks at it and says, this is like an award-winning website. I mean, it's, it's unbelievably designed. But he said, where are you on the site? It's all pretty designed. So what makes you different than the other designer that's got the just as pretty website, if not a prettier website? So that was the trigger that made me realize that you're your brand and your business is an offshoot of you. If you're clumsy, disorganized, and you know, you, you, you're nickel and diamond, it's going to show in your business. 
right? And, and that's something you got to pay attention to. Be the client you wish to attract. That's a good, that's like a really good mindset check is if you don't want to be nickel and dimed in your business, then don't nickel and dime people because you get what you give. And that's how I live my life. And just pay attention. Look what you, like, ask yourself, give it, ask yourself, do an inventory real quick. How much have you invested in you and your business over the past calendar year in coaching strategy, you know, infrastructure? Are you happy with the results that you're getting today? If so, you're probably putting in the work. But if you're not, take an assessment of what you've actually done this year. How much have you actually given? That's a good determination of whether or not you need help. So I know it's tough to swallow and it's, I'm bringing it to you straight, but I'm a, I'm a Jersey guy and I'm not going to sugarcoat things. And we're known for that. And you know what, to be honest with you, Zach, if you came to me and sugarcoated and told me everything I wanted to hear, how is that serving me? I'm not going to do you a darn favor at all that way. Right? So, you know, like imagine you in the service and your go-to says, oh, no, 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 just guy, you're, you're, you're good. And it's not good, right? Now he's putting your life at jeopardy. You know, are you putting your business in jeopardy by not giving it the nutrients it needs? So pay attention, guys, because when, again, when you level up, if you want a higher level client, you want a, a higher paying client, then what does that mean? You need to be a higher paying client because you don't know what it feels like to pay 25 grand for something because you never did. So how could you charge it? How could you charge it? That's what I said. You know, the first $50,000 investment I made in coaching, I said, you know what? I just did myself a service. Was it scary, Zach? Oh, hell yeah. I might've went to the bathroom a couple of times before <laughs> I, I sent that wire. Yep. But you know what? Now I know what it feels like to cut that kind of money and send it. So when I ask for 50K, for an engagement. I know the tingles you get. I know I could go out and buy a boat for that. I could go out and buy a, I could put a down payment on a house for that. Right. But I'm putting it into my business because that's the, that's the best investment you can make. That's the one thing you do have control over your actions and your business. So if you're going to take a bet, I would bet on yourself before you bet on anything else right? Because at least you have control over that, right? So I know I'm, I'm, I'm long-winded here, but I want to get that out because it's very, very important. No, it, it, it's absolutely huge, man. There, I, I don't think that can be stated enough because it was one of those, you know, until you work on yourself like you're talking about, I mean, you can invest in education, even coaching, mentoring, and, and masterminds. I, I'm a huge mastermind guy. I love masterminds. My biggest business investment was a $20,000 mastermind. And I who took a big old deep breath going into that. But out of that came this podcast, came this business, another business. I mean, there's so many things that come out of investing in yourself, but you just have to have that introspection attached to where are you at? And honestly, right, where are you at? What you need now? And then surround yourself with people like you that are caring enough and loving enough to say, hey, this is where you're effed up. And this is how we're going to help you get to that next spot, right? And I love that you framed all of that and, and you hit on this earlier a little bit already. And, um, and I appreciate you sharing the personal stories, especially with the pup. I, I had to put a pup down last year and it was the first one I had to, and a shepherd that 
her hind legs finally gave out just that hip dysplasia and man, it, it is tough. So I appreciate you being vulnerable enough to be here today for us, because this is such a huge and amazing message you're giving us. But I, I really want to know everything you're doing. You have an amazing story. You're a miracle baby. You've done all these great things at the end of it all. What is the legacy you're wanting to leave in the world? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, my parent, my 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 wife and I, we weren't really interested in 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 starting a family when we got married. We we actually waited six years until we had our first son, and we had difficulties. You know, we had difficulties getting pregnant. It wasn't easy, right? I had issues, my you know, and 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 my 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 wife had issues, and 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 it was it was a very tough two and a half years. But thank, I, you know, God bless my wife because she was strong enough to say, you know what, it didn't work once. I'm going to give it another shot and we're going to see what happens. And, you know, it's crazy. You know, Canelo went down yesterday and yesterday was the day that my son was supposed to be born. And he was born a day later, two days later. Uh, December 4th was my dog's birthday. That was the day that my wife found out she was pregnant. So it's just all these little miracle moments in life, right? So people ask me, you know, what's your life's work about now? Because you have a family. It's not like you're living this, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Like, uh, you know, this pit bull lifestyle, my coach says. He says, you like pit bull without doing all the, doing all the arenas. You live this lifestyle. I was talking about the uh, singer, by the way, if you guys don't know who Pitbull is. <laughs> but here's the thing. When I was growing up, my, my parents did the best they could, right? My, my, they, they went through a horrible divorce when I was young. It lasted six years. So figure 10 years old, it started. 16 years old, it ended. That's a very crucial time in a child's life, right? So they were trying to get through that. And my father was trying to support and raise me. He raised me on his own. He got custody of me. So, so he's working four jobs. He's trying to be a dad. He's trying to be a boss. He's trying to be the best he can be as an individual. My wife, my, I mean, my, my, my mother was just trying to figure out life. And I didn't have the direction that a lot of people would get like my my wife she grew up in a she went through a pretty rough divorce too as a young kid but she had a lot of direction she had a great mother to this day she's a beautiful mother like great mom and she had a lot of direction so she came she my wife comes with a lot of confidence right? and there's no reason there's no no coincidence that we're together so here comes dante right and i just said when he was born I was going through a very rough time in my life because I wasn't financially literate, okay? I was making decent money, but I was spending every dollar. And like you said, when you spent that 20 grand on that mastermind and you were like, whoa, that's scary. Well, when I looked at my son for the first time, I got the same feeling. I was like, excuse my language, shit is real, right? And I kind of went into a bit of a tailspin. I'm not going to lie. I went into a little bit of a tailspin. And I went and I bought these, 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 these crazy 
uh, purchases. I bought a $180,000 car. I bought two Rolexes. I bought all this stuff to like get my mind off of now I am a father. Now I have a responsibility with two legs and two arms, right? Dog's one thing, but a, a human being's another, right? And uh, I was having some growing pains in my business at the same time. So when it rains, it pours, guys. And you guys know that. So I didn't know what to do. So I sold everything off. And I remember driving back from the jewelry store, calling my dad. And I said, you know, I got to tell you something. Selling those two watches didn't sting as bad as I thought it was going to sting. And because it took me two weeks after having the conversation in my head that I was actually going to do it. It took me two weeks because my ego was too big to actually go. And he goes, are you done? My father says to me. And I, again, my ego was pretty big at the time. I said, with what? And he said, this, all of this. He said, I worked four effing jobs to make sure that you had food on the table and clothes on your back. He said, what are you going to do one day when your son looks you in the face and says, daddy, I want, can you get me those sneakers? And you can't because you have no money in the bank. He said, I didn't do that to you. So don't do it to him. And by that point, Zach, I was hysterical crying. I almost had to pull over on the highway because I couldn't even drive anymore. So this podcast, my life's work is dedicated to that boy. And there will be a time very soon, actually, because he's very, he's a sharp kid at four. It's going to come a time where he's going to go on the laptop and he's going to Google his father's name. I want that kid to be proud of who his dad is. That's one. Two. This message today, hopefully he sees or listens to one day. These are the stepping stones of life that I didn't have. So I want to give that to him, but I also have people to serve. I have more dogs to rescue, right? I have more to give, right? So I heard Ed Milet say this on a video. I forget when the hell it was, but he said, when I get to my end, I want to look at the person that meets me upstairs And it's going to be you staring yourself, staring at yourself. And I want that person to be proud of who that person is. I don't want to get up there and look back and say, you could have, should have, would have, because you're not getting that time back. That time with my dog over the past eight years, I'm not getting back. All I have now are pictures on my phone. So just remember that, guys. What are you doing all this for? What are you doing it all for? And make sure that your audience knows this. It's like, The saddest thing in the world is to keep this secret, this gift, this expertise that you have for yourself because you're afraid. We're all afraid. We're all afraid of competition. We're all afraid of of getting uh, our ideas stolen. We're all afraid. Listen, what I say before, none of us are getting out of here alive. So take your one and seven billion character and go help somebody today. Because what you give in life is what you get. Yeah, I love that, Henry. And I think there's so much power and passion, obviously, attached to what you're working on, my friend. And, and I love that you're, you're doing that much for so many, and especially for um, the little one, you know, your son. That's, that's the, a big piece of it, man. And the fathers to our sons and, 
Um, and my father was a huge impact on myself um, growing up, you know, taught you what a man should be and what a man is. Right. And I love that. That's what you're working toward. And I want to give the audience an opportunity to find you, connect with you, learn more about you. Of course, you're coming back for Tactical Friday, but go ahead and let everybody know, like, what's the best place to find this content from you? And of course, the podcast. Yeah. So I'll keep it really easy for you guys. If you go to my website, it's unique designs with a Z at the end, not an S dot net you'll get access to the podcast access to the youtube channel where, where we stream live every monday and wednesday at 2 p.m eastern um you'll get access to my instagram which i spend most of my time that's the best way to to get into my world we have a master i have a master class also on my homepage that i would highly recommend you check out it's 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 going to explain what the top five percent of entrepreneurs are doing to scale to seven figures and beyond. You know, I've been blessed to be able to do this multiple times over the past 14 years. And I'm at the point now where I can confidently teach this to people that are stuck in six-figure land, that want to scale to seven, that want more freedom in their life, that want better quality clients, that want to work with less people, make more money and make a stronger impact and presence online. There's probably a lot of things that you're doing that these folks don't do anymore. And I want to share them with you. So go check out that masterclass and you'll be surprised. You might have some aha moments there like, ah, I've been doing that for too long. I need to change. <laughs> so, uh, but thanks again for allowing me to share that. Yeah, man, I absolutely love it. I think that's a huge piece. We're definitely going to unpack this a little bit more on Tactical Friday. We're going to find these tactics of building that baseline branding piece. And overall, Henry, man, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate your vulnerability, your passion behind everything you do. And thank you for sharing that message with us. Oh, you're very welcome, Zach. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast. And I hope you got a ton of value out of what we talked about today. I also want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Night Protection Services. If you're a leader in a small to mid-sized business that does five to $10 million a year in revenue, and want to improve retention costs, which could actually add up to being twice your employee's salary, all through creating a safer work environment and saving up to 25% in insurance costs, be sure to visit nightprotectionllc.com.